This episode of First Up has been modified from its original broadcast to best accommodate to your liking here in podcast form. Be sure to save the URL to each episode page via cfmu.ca slash shows slash 159 within eight weeks after an episode's air date for full show playlists and songs. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy today's content. Have a good one. Well, you know what that sound means. That is the first wake-up call here on First Up. This is 93.3 CFMU, and good morning. My name is Joe Mar here to be with you for the next 90 minutes on today's program. We've got a fun program lined up for you this morning. I know I've got more music and things I'd love to share. Probably a lot of stories about last week's snow, because that's kind of why there was no show last week. Uh, but not only that, we also have a special guest we'll be having today on as a feature who I got the absolute pleasure to chat with, and actually featured a couple weeks ago. So lots to have today, even probably even a double feature from another artist, so we're going to have a great time this morning. I hope you will join me for uh, whatever these 90 minutes will bring, but first, we're going to start with our usual morning dosage of jazz, and I will catch you just after this from Count Basie, and hopefully you enjoy this particular track as much as I do. Stick around. There's Count Basie and the orchestra there. Uh, a little something from them. That's called Bag of Bones. This is from their album, I believe. This is from 1958. A little something called Basie Plays Hefty. Uh, Hefty being a little nod to Neil Hefty, who was a legendary composer and arranger for all sorts of great stuff from the <laughs> from the 50s through into the 70s. So some fantastic things there. I myself never actually realized uh, some of the personnel that came onto this particular album. Uh, people like Snooky Young, who was a trumpet player, and that particular name would be familiar to you if you happen to have been a fan of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson back when that was its time. Uh, during Doc Severinsen's uh, tenure as a uh, as the band leader, he was one of their well-known trumpet players alongside uh, other uh, great other folks. What's the guy's name? Is sax. Tommy Newsom on saxophone. Another great, great people. Ed Shaughnessy, obviously, on the drums, but uh, it's interesting to know that he came from, at least Snooky came from this particular group with, uh, with Count Basie, the, the great legend on piano. Uh, let me list all the names, actually, because I think all these people deserve it. Looks like they all have hyperlinks here, meaning that they're all very well-known musicians beyond this particular group. We've got uh, in the trumpet section Wendell Cully, Tad Jones, Joe Newman, and of course Snooky, uh, Henry Coker, Al Gray, Benny Powell on the trombone. In fact, that section that you heard there, that which I probably should call the theme of this show. I mean, one of these days I might have it as a theme somewhere. It's pretty catchy. Uh, they're the ones that made up that particular track, at least in the solely portions. We've also got Frank West, Marshall Royal and uh, alto sax, uh, Frank Foster, Billy Mitchell on tenor, uh, Charlie Folks on Barry sax, Freddie Green guitar, Eddie Jones on bass, Sonny Payne on the drums, and of course the great arranger Neil Hefty. Good morning once again. This is First Up and Joe Mar with you as always. How have you been since I caught you last uh, in the previous episode, which I technically could mention the time, but just in case let's say that this kind of stands as a standalone episode. We're going to call it that. I hope that you and yours uh, have been doing as best as you can over the past couple of weeks. Well, never mind. I guess I gave that title away, didn't I? I mean, I definitely don't think I've ever had as much of a workout as I did last week. I'm not sure about you, but um, we had a lot of snow in our driveway. I mean, I'm sure that most people did, especially out here on the Hamilton area. I'm not actually sure because I was over in the GTA by Mississauga uh, when that storm came by last week with all that snow that came around. Quite exciting, though. It was quite a thrill, I think. When I, I knew that it was snow, at least a lot of snow, well, first off, I knew that there was snow. Um, when I was uh, getting up from my bed. Because basically, I'm not sure if, if you happen to uh, do the same thing, but there's like this sign for me that when I get up and I know that the sun hasn't risen yet, but I look out the window, or at least I can kind of peek out the window, or at least see the cracks through my blinds, I'll know if there's snow, if it is significantly brighter than it normally is, because I know for sure that my street lights do not give off that much light. I'm sure about that, and our house pot lights aren't turned on. So usually a sign for me that I know that 
that a lot of snow has fallen, or even just snow in general, is the fact that the lights actually bounce off the snow, and so you can see the street lights almost through your window. So that morning, I knew that there was a great deal of snow that was there, but I didn't know how much snow. I looked out, I said, oh, okay, hey, you know what, that's not too bad. Maybe we'll be able to shovel it off a little bit. But uh, I looked even further, and I looked much closer, and it wasn't until I stepped out there and actually went to shovel the snow, that's when I realized, oh dear, look at all this snow we're going to have to shovel off this morning. Uh, but no, it was fun. We had about six hours collectively. My siblings, my mom and I, we all pitched in and did some shoveling and uh, surprisingly managed to do it without the old snowblower. So uh, I guess we managed to, I mean, we can probably brag a little bit and say that we managed to get out there, do our snowing and all that we could without uh, the help of a snowblower. But nonetheless, I hope that uh, you were able to get man- navigate through it, especially if you were on the roads, because I heard it was brutal, absolutely brutal out on the roads. You know, there's no there's no sign of, of lane markings at that point or turn signals or anything of that. But basically, I just hope that you took it as best and as safely as you could uh, amidst all the other things that we're also facing right now. But hey, uh, at least we're done with that particular storm. If this is, and, and it's funny, you know what, I've heard a lot of people that have, and I've encountered a lot of people who, ha- who are here for the first time. This is one of their first winters here in Canada. And it's crazy to think that of all the winters, they would catch this specific one. So I really hope that they're also doing quite well. Uh, I know that this may be your first time if you're listening, and this is your first winter, that there is a lot of snow out there and a lot of cold. I think today is more cold than snow, as, as uh, according to what I have checked on the forecast and even current temperatures. But uh, I think we should be okay. Anyways, that's a little bit enough about myself. I think it's time to get into some music because I have a lot of things to share with you this morning. Uh, we're going to start off with some uh, new releases, local things, and all sorts of fun like that. Uh, we're going to kick things off with an artist by the name of Charlotte Day Wilson, who has released her first debut well, I mean, I guess first and debut technically are the same name, aren't they? <laughs> uh, first album, we'll call it a debut. I think debut sounds more fancy, doesn't it? We're going to call it a debut album. This debut album is called Alpha, interestingly enough, which also kind of feels like a debut title, which is amazing. It's an 11-track uh, album. It's a full-length release from the 28-year-old from Toronto, hailing from there, uh, and has had been has been working on this all so much, I think, ever since her last EP, which was out in 2016 by the name of WCD. And um, this is a great EP here. What's interesting about this track that I will be sharing with you is the fact that it's a collaboration with a good friend of hers. And it's just a wonder how, how the world of music is and just the network of artists that know other artists. Because uh, this particular track features another great artist, Bad, Bad, Not Good. But the interesting part about that particular artist is that they also have an album that was released recently that appears... On our charts, at least it has been for the past few that I have seen. So if you ever want to go ahead, by the way, and just a quick plug before I play the song, to check out our top 30 and uh, just whatever might be charting at our station at any time, you can do that at cfmu.ca. Scroll a little ways down, you'll see a picture or a section where there are five pictures of five different albums, and so that's where you can find all that information. But we're going to kick this this next little set here off with Charlotte and Bad Bad Not Good on a song that I can call I Can Only whisper in fact that's what it's called actually so i should attribute that credit to them so here's charlotte day wilson right here on first up Remember how last week I featured a couple of uh, artists who were indigenous from here in Canada? Yes, indeed. This time we're going to go from our friends south of the border. But this is a more popular one, I guess. Well, I guess, I mean, in terms of legendary, you know their song, Come and Get Your Love. This is Redbone. We're going to listen to a track in this one right here called One Monkey. Rolling in the rich feeling not so very
And that there is Redbone once again. A little something called One Monkey. That's off their 1971 album, Message from a Drum. Uh, and that is, by the way, I think I realized that there actually is more than simply just uh, Indigenous American there present because their band leader, Lolly Vegas, is actually of Mexican-American descent. But they have a great mix of cultures, and that's kind of where the name of the band comes from, interestingly, because some of the other brothers uh, are of Yaki, Shoshone, and other heritage of this particular sort, and that's kind of where the uh, their indigenous American uh, heritage comes from. And this is just one of many albums leading up until Come and Get Your Love, which was that famous single of theirs that uh, went to stardom in 1974-75, thereabout. But I kind of came across these and said, you know, these are pretty cool to come across to see where Redbone shaped into and how they came to be. Anyways, we got a little bit more time before the second wake-up call, so I think it's by, we may as well go ahead and continue starting to feature more artists here. We're going to come back around back to our side here, uh, but we're going to go a little on the eastern end because we're going to be hearing from Alexandra Levi, but who is better, more publicly known by the moniker Adelea, who has a recent release by the name of One Hand on the Steering Wheel, uh, The Other Sewing a Garden. This is her second uh, their second album, sort of, that is sort of a follow-up uh, from the debut, which was called What We Say in Private. And we're going to be hearing a song from this that's called Salt Spring from uh, this artist by the name of Adelaide. Once again, this is here first up. Adelaide, that is once again a little something called Salt Spring from her latest release. One hand on the steering wheel, the other sewing a garden. That's uh, from the Montreal-based singer-songwriter. And you can really hear all sorts of variety, I'll tell you, on this album. Uh, I was kind of perusing through it myself. And um, every other track actually has a distinctive sound almost. Yet all of them obviously all link in some way. And it's sort of like, you know, it's it's the effect of when, when Ada basically just sort of passes herself through some kind of a, a kind of like, you know, singing over the phone sort of effect. But this one, I think, is one of the more, I guess, more uh, acoustic ones that kind of brings her more forward with a few extra effects here and there, which also very well complement the track. Hey, we've also got some more music that'll feature sound effects, which you're going to be hearing in a little while after the second wake-up call, as well as a couple of double features. I think we're going to have two double features today. This might actually be the first episode ever on this show, maybe ever, that I've actually done anything, where I'll be featuring not just one artist back-to-back, but two of them because I have something sort of interesting regarding one artist, and that's why I figured I'd have them on back-to-back as well. But we're almost nearing around that time anyway, so I think I'll just spend a little bit of time here with you for the most part, because I know that um, I I think I've mostly been kind of going off on myself over the past bit from the introduction, just because I know I had so much to say about that uh, particular snow bit, but um, I do hope that you yourself are enjoying yourself right now, whatever time you may have just gotten up to, and uh, I know that <laughs> I probably haven't much to say when I get up right now, but um, yeah, I, I just hope that things are going well with you and yours so far. I'll probably remind, let's say, if you're a student listening, there's a little something. Uh, if you've been looking around uh, uh, on the campus lately with all the uh, MSU presidential elections underway, uh, you're probably going to want to look into that information because I do believe it does start very close to this week, if not already. I'm not, I actually have to go and refresh myself on some of this information, but I'll make sure to remind you about it as well a little bit after the second wake-up call. So I really think that what can we actually do now to, if we want to really kill about a couple of minutes of time? We're going to have to play a game. No, I'm kidding. No, I, I really have no idea. Uh, but I will probably say that uh, I know there's there's a lot coming up ahead. Um, I can, well, you know what? Maybe I'll wait till later on to release the name of our guest coming up shortly. Um, you know what? Maybe what I could even do now is probably just uh, sort of lead you in on what we're going to be playing. Uh, let me, well, okay, well, what I could do is sort of maybe pretend uh, as if we basically, um, how can I, how can I put this basically? I'm just going to 
Or maybe I'm just accidentally stalling, <laughs> which is also very possible, too. No, what I was going to do was we're going to take a quick pause right now for station identification. And then right after that, we're going to be you're going to be hearing from me again for the second wake up call. Uh, and then from there, I'll be leaking more information and kind of revealing the lay of the rest of today's episode, because there is also that special feature coming up ahead still along the ways. I know that I've just been helping to get you set up this morning with all this music, or at least the few selections that I've been able to feature over the this past half an hour, but we're going to get to some more, so hopefully you do stay warm, get yourself some coffee, whatever else you want to get from there, uh, or anything, honestly, for that matter, but I'll be back with you in just a bit uh, for the second wake-up call and everything else that'll be coming forward uh, with us. Who knows what else the show will bring, too, because honestly, I have like a rough idea of what's going to happen, which here, you've got the little sheet of paper they're going off right now, but uh, you never know. Sometimes things do change, so I will be uh, seeing how things go, and I hope you'll hang as well for the second part of the show, or I guess the second third and the third third of the program, and I'll, we'll do this. So we're just going to quick take a quick little station identification pause. To kick things off, though, I'll tell you that this is 93.3 CFMU. We are 93.3 CFMU. I think I should probably put some ownership on that, actually, as well. And I'll be back in just a bit. Uh, don't go away. Uh, yeah, just uh, stick around for this little message that will show up at some point here and there. Dear listeners, we've been together for over 30 years, and through those years, you've always been there for us. You've called in your requests, tweeted your comments, and listened in online from all over the world. You've helped us every step of the way, and we wouldn't be here today without you. So, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for supporting us. Love, CFMU. P.S. We also think you're really cute. I thought that wasn't going to take as long as I thought it would, but I guess it did. Uh, or short, really, I guess, whatever you want to call it. But anyways, hey, this is the second wake-up call in case you've just gotten up and tuned in. From First Up and here at 93.3 CFMU, good morning once again. My name is Joe Mar here to be with you for the next 60 minutes of the past night. Well, I mean, of the total 90 we'll be spending this morning. I have a couple of features, a double feature coming up a little later, but also a, more, a much larger double feature, which will also be after that. Uh, but first, we're going to hear a little song uh, from Jeanette Reynaud, and uh, you might be surprised at what this one might turn out to be. Uh, it's actually a pretty good, well-known hit from about the late 60s. I'll get you in on this, and I hope you enjoy it, and I'll talk to you more in just a bit. Join a little bit more from there. Uh, so don't go away. There you go. That's Jeanette Reynaud, a little something called uh, My, My Chéri Amour, but she refers to as Mon Chéri Amour, which Stevie Wonder, you know that particular hit from his, uh, from around the late 60s of the same name, but uh, uh, altered, altered and... Uh, uh, Appropriately, I think well, that's what the term I was thinking about. Basically, it was instead of, uh, uh, if I remember my French correctly, it's uh, Chérie with an E in his particular case, basically, actually. So, interestingly, though, with Jeanette Reno's version, this comes off of uh, her 1970 album, Beautiful Secondhand Man. Uh, and uh, the the title of the album uh, being, uh, with the title track having been her main hit, because Jeanette's actually more than just a singer now. She actually does a whole, all sorts of things, uh, songwriting, uh, film acting, writing in general, like authorship. Uh, and uh, and uh, you, you may be disappointed if you're a Maple Leafs fan, but she has done some singing of vocal candidates for the Habs, for the uh, Canadian, <laughs> naturally because she's in Montreal, but still a great Canadian uh, treasure in her own right. Also because I know she's one of the first singers uh, when the Junos debuted, actually. I believe there was a different name for them before that, but she was one of the few artists, or one of the earliest artists that received one of those uh, count whatever counterpart it was before the Junos came around to be. 
But anyways, hey, good morning. That was a long introduction uh, from me. I hope that you have been well. And if in case you have just joined, uh, hopefully you have indeed been. Or maybe I should even just rephrase this and ask you straight up, how have you been, <laughs> actually? You know, uh, I, I'll probably say that I have been doing all right. Um, it's a chilly day today. It's quite bitingly cold, but not as uh, excessively cold as previous days, I'll say. And no snow either. Uh, and I know that you, if in case you were wondering where I was last week, uh, I basically had been away because of the snowstorm. And in fact, McMaster was closed entirely. So there was mostly just snow day programming, uh, whatever was on at the time. So thanks to the rest of my fellow volunteers here at the station for all the great content that comes out whenever these shows don't actually air, which is always fun to get to hear. Just because, you know, whenever I, uh, whenever I come on and I pop on, I'll always hear some programming, which is always great, whether it's a rerun or an actual new program. That's the beauty of CFMU, I guess. It's just there's always something on that's interesting, that's new, that's intriguing. Maybe even if it's not quite in the right place on the schedule, it'll always be intriguing every time I come in and tune in to listen to it, you know, and that all, all that sort of fun stuff. But anyways, once again, hopefully you have been well. I don't want to delay too much because we have so much to go and go through today, not just a double feature, which will be coming up right now after this little talking, but just to kind of set you up for the program, but also another double feature, which which, which also has as a feature an interview, and that'll be uh, with a fellow by the name of Alex Southey later on today uh, in this episode, but we're going to start with this double feature. But before the double feature, just a quick little plug once again over to MSU Presidentials, which are coming up real fast. Uh, so do be sure to check out the schedules, and uh, you'll probably see the silhouette, which we are in great partnership with as well, or we have good friends at the Sill who have also sort of published uh, in their latest publication a little something about the uh, upcoming presidential elections. So be sure to check that out if you want to be informed about platforms, critiques, and all other sorts of information, even how the schedules are going to look like for the next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, that's that. I'll tell you probably a bit more about me myself as well, but uh, maybe a little bit later, because I know you're probably tired of hearing about me. You want to hear about this double feature. And so I've been setting, if you were here since 730, I've been setting you up for this all morning so far. So now we're going to get to finally spill the little beans that I have for you, because this double feature will come to us from Dizzy. We're going to be playing a a song that basically will be, uh, I think you're going to hear it in two different forms. Uh, And this basically, uh, and the reason why is I kind of figured, you know, it'd be nice to kind of hear these back to back to see kind of where the original started and sort of where it's come to for this latest version, which I'll share with you. So the album name that we're, that is in question here is called The Sun and Her Scorch, which was a 2019-2020 release. Uh, it's also a fairly decently new album. I remember playing it, and actually we had featured it here a couple of years ago when it first came out, naturally, because that's uh, what we do. Uh, but uh, this group, which consists, by the way, of Katie Munsha on lead vocals, Alex Spencer on guitar, Mackenzie Spencer on bass and vocals, and Charlie Spencer on drums, synthesizer, guitar, guitar and vocals. So the three brothers and Katie uh, basically have this album. And uh, there's another album, which I'll be talking about a little bit after this one. Uh, But basically, we're going to start with this because a lot of songs do come from this particular. This is actually the group's, this would have been the group's second album after their debut, Baby Teeth. Uh, What I'm going to be playing for you from this is a little something called The Magician. And you're going to hear why exactly I select the song once I play the second part of this feature. But we're going to start with this one here. Once again, this is a little something from Dizzy. And you'll be uh, hearing the second part. One trip to Amsterdam, four trips around the sun. Has it really been that long since your name was on my tongue? The Magician, that's there from Dizzy. Off of the, basically, uh, that is from, uh, where are we? The Sun and Her Scorch. That's what I was looking at here. <laughs> For some reason, I think I was already seeing all sorts of text, and maybe this is around that time of the morning. But anyways, that's the first part of this double feature. Now, the second part of this is basically roughly, you'll, you'll hear exactly how this kind of is a familiarity. But basically, we have a song called The Bird Behind the Drapes. Now, That may potentially sound like a familiar line in case you happen to be listening very, very closely to this last song called The Magician. This next song is also from Dizzy. The song is evidently called The Bird Behind the Drapes. But this is from their album Separate Places. And we're going to get to have you listen in on this particular version. But the neat part about this is that it features Luna Lee on the vocals instead of Katie Munshaw. So we're going to hear this sort of reimagined version of The Magician. Uh... And that is going to be this exactly. Have a listen. Check this out and see if you can hear the similarities. 
That there is the bird behind the drapes. That's uh, featuring Luna Lee there, if in case you're wondering why the vocals were a little bit different. Uh, which is an interesting imag- reimagined, technically, version of the song The Magician from Dizzy's album. Um, the Sun and Her Scorch, which was the more recent release to Separate Places, which is this particular EP that is in question here. But the, but the vocals, by the way, I'll just take a moment now to highlight this mid-twenty-something singer-songwriter from Toronto, who actually uh, was, is, uh, goes by the name of Hannah Boussier Kim, but uh, on on the stage and in songwriting is Luna Lee. So there you go. That's a double feature. That's the first one. We still have a second one coming up, but that's kind of where that was because I remember that I used to play The Magician a great deal, or at least I believe I did, and I'd like to think I did, and I really hope I did <laughs> when it first came out. I know that I really did quite enjoy that album a lot, actually. But it's really interesting. And, okay, before I get to that next point, is the point before that is that I actually got to play both tracks, but individually. I never thought to actually try to piece them together until now. So I actually can finally say, now I've gotten to hear both tracks back to back. And now you too as well, you've been able to do it and now we've sort of been able to successfully uh, do this in a little listening party here. Now I can kind of say, hey, I can actually pick out the similarities and the differences and the uniqueness of each particular rendition of the same song. But uh, it's always great to hear, always fun to hear those comparisons. You know, wouldn't it be funny if I'd done the same when I played Stevie Wonder's My Shirley Moore versus Jeanette Clenot's uh, My Sharia Moore. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny, too. Uh, although, I guess, uh, you know, Stevie's is a hit. That's the only difference there, I think. Uh, as much as I'd love to play it, and it's, it's always great music, but anyways, that, that's, that's me going on a different tangent. But now is about the time for the second double feature. I figured I'd better not delay on this, because we are going to have quite some time to have to do with it. So we better go ahead and get right to it as soon as we possibly can. So what we're going to have over here is a little something uh, that comes from our special guest for today, the special feature who who was an artist named Alex Southey out of Toronto uh, who has released uh, an EP in My Nights on the Island, a six-track feature, an excellent one. I managed to listen through all of it and uh, you'll be getting to hear uh, us in conversation in just a moment. But I figured I'd first at least get you introduced to some of the music and uh, the selections for this specific little set here for the double feature to kick things off is one from, uh, from the album or the EP named Mellotron and Juliet and then we're going to close with something called As Close As You'll Ever Be you're going to get the significance as to the title of this first one called Mellotron and Juliet over the course of the interview which you'll get to hear right after the song so we may as well go ahead and get things started now and I'm going to go ahead and uh, share with you to get this whole special extra long double feature started which will probably take a good chunk of the episode Uh, we're going to start with this particular track here called Mellotron and Juliet yet and right after that it'll be me in conversation with alex alvey so i hope i do hope you enjoy this feature and i'll catch you in just a bit This is 93.3 CFMU. Joe Mart here with you with a special guest who has released an album recently. A little something by the name of My Nights on the Island. In fact, I actually had um, uh, this fellow on a recent show. Uh, and uh, I think you'll recognize, well, at least... Uh, I, I had I had played I had played music and I figured I, I loved the EP so much that I should probably have him on for a chat. So here he is today, and I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with Alex Southey. 
Greetings. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. That was a that was a great intro. I appreciate it. I've been, it's it's been great seeing my EP get some support from your station and everything. So I just want to say thank we you. are absolutely glad to be able to get that featured. Absolutely, and that's kind of what we're all about too. Um, I was just about to say that I think that it might be also the string of coffee I've had over the past <laughs> few minutes that maybe I'm starting to get a bit jittery. So if in case that does happen, you'll know why. I'm, I'm gonna so string of coffee. How many coffees are we talking here? Just, in the one. Last few minutes? Oh, just one. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. I didn't want you to like keel over. Oh, don't worry. No, it's yeah. not going to be like a, I haven't been on a coffee rush, like, you know, multiple cups okay, good. over the span of the past, you know, uh, <laughs> 120 minutes or so. So we should be okay. okay. But no, um, uh, we know that you, so yeah, well, maybe just to get things started and uh, mm -hmm. probably to, to get things, maybe if you'd like to introduce yourself a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So again, I'm Alex Southie and I'm a musician that's based in Toronto. I, uh, I guess I do kind of everything that falls under indie or rock i mean there's some folk stuff all the way through to i'm definitely including a lot more electric guitars on the ep that you mentioned but also mm -hmm. on the stuff that i'm about to get into record and mm -hmm. that i'm writing um so i kind of run the gamut in terms of it's not like i go into other genres but in terms of taking up space and and using different sounds all under the umbrella of let's say capital r rock or just singer songwriter allows you to do whatever you want that's kind of that's kind of what it is. So anybody listening oh, yeah. who hasn't heard my stuff, it's, yeah, whatever. Indie, folk, uh, rock, it's a bunch of those things. A great mix of things under the capital yeah. R that is rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, absolutely. But you have, you and you've, you've, you've been doing music for a while. Like you started guitar, uh, I believe it's from, from young, like around the age of 14, give or take. And you've, was that the first instrument that you took up, I believe? Yes, around 12 or 13, based on the Ontario uh, curriculum, I think they oh, make you fair. learn recorder or something like that. So I yes. guess I, I know hot yes. cross buns and recorder is a banger. Um, <laughs> besides that, yeah, guitar was my first thing. And I remember I maybe took like one lesson, um, but it was sort of in the classical vein. And I remember just not really liking it because it sucked. It's not the, that's amazing music, but it's just not mm -hmm. the music that I liked at the time oh, yeah. or wanted to learn. So I remember... I don't know. One formative memory is I remember um, learning guitar, learning um, Rarified maybe, or what a song by Sam Roberts. Uh, if you remember Sam Roberts from the early I 2000s. Do. The name rings a bell. Yeah, I, I, he I'm, did Brother Down and other famous stuff yes. like that. But uh, anyway, so he yeah, I'm embarrassed because I can't seem to ring. I can't seem to think of the songs off the top of my head. Yeah, right it's, now all either, so. it's all good. <laughs> Sorry, go uh, oh, it's called The Canadian Dream. Okay. He, he spells socialism, not to get into a, a political <laughs> you know, debate or anything. But uh, anyway, that what I didn't even realize was that guitar sound uses delay. And I was just playing it softer every time to match the delay it's oh. funny what you don't realize <laughs> until you practice some more with some pedals or with yeah. some effects and you're like oh he's hitting that one time and then it's just going bump bump or whatever, as yeah. opposed to hitting it softer <laughs> in a rhythm or something. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. Yeah, started at 14 mm -hmm. or, or 13 and uh, have been off and on songwriting, but only really began to give it a go in, uh, around 26. I see. Was there anything in particular that really sparked that? Or was it something that just came and hit you one day and said, okay, I think I'd like to be a songwriter today or some, or pursue this further? <laughs> I wish it was that. Uh, <laughs> no, it was definitely like a dream in the back of my mind for, I mean, how many kids dream of being in a band when they, you know, when they're young and they see like a cool singer or whatever, oh, right? Yeah. But it continued. And instead of going to parties and stuff at high school, I remember, you know, I spent hours sitting at home just like improvising over Radiohead or Led Zeppelin or whatever and um, I think that was like unofficial schooling for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, it didn't do well on the social side necessarily besides with my group of friends, but, uh, lots of practice with music. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it didn't just come out of nowhere, but it did, I did reach a point around 25 or 26 where I was just like, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. It's super scary. Imagining putting myself out there as an artist, but the only thing scarier is living my life never doing it ever and giving oh, yeah. it a try. So I gave it a try and got some decent feedback pretty quickly. And then, you know, good feedback just makes you want to do more. So, yeah, that's good. Do you remember what that start was like? I know, or whatever, when the initial things were around, I believe that would have been when your, would that have been when your first, uh, when your debut album was released around that time? Yeah, around that time, I would say. Um, I played a ton. I kind of cut my teeth, if you will, at the Cavern, which is a, 
Have you ever heard of that? The name rings a bell, but I also could be confusing with many different venues. Yeah, the I know, Venus I know Cavern. The, the GTA is 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 ver- it's, it's it's you know it's full of places, and for some reason, I'll, I have this tendency in my mind to confuse names, and things will start to come, or I'll have a name for a place that actually has a different name, but I'll always associate oh. that name with that place. So yeah, so I mean, I get that for sure. I, now uh-huh. I'm now you're making me. I'm like, is it? The <laughs> no, it, I think it is, and it's on Church Street, and it's a hostel. So what was okay. really cool okay. is. The stage is in the bottom of the hot, like the basement. And then so you get an audience that was like a German guy, a girl from Thailand, uh, whatever, all these people from different areas of the world. But then the negative part of it is you can't build up a base of fans because they're all passing. Nobody there is living in Toronto, which is it's sort of like a weird, ironic thing like cool this random german guy really likes my music but i'll never see him again probably (laughs) um but yeah the cavern the cavern which was a hostel that's definitely where i practiced the most uh there was a open mic in parkdale which is like a seven minute walk from me and i remember playing a few songs there and getting some good feedback it was yeah a few open mics were really the the beginning yeah, I've never been as nervous as the first time I did the open mic. <laughs> uh, I was like, my legs were shaking. I remember leaning. I was like leaning this way. It was weird. It was oh, weird. Dear. I just like, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, it's so, nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, but once you once you develop, and then from there, obviously, you know, you you've gotten into your releases. You've you've released yeah. three full length albums. You now have EPs. This latest one as well, "My Nights on the Island." Mm-hmm. Um, how would you? And and I mean, in that whole process, I figure you sort of had been developing how you would work and you know, kind of uh, put your albums together, kind of the style of the how. Well, how would you describe that kind of at a very high level? You know, whenever you say I'm going to put an album or an EP together, mm-hmm. um, getting the songs for it, the inspiration. How would you describe that process? it tends to be let's say okay let's take um and the country stirred which was the most recent full-length album i put out in this in february of 2021 some of those songs have been around since the first album and some of those songs i wrote like around the weeks that i was recording in the album and it's because you begin to identify maybe like almost familial qualities between songs you've written and you don't want all the songs to sound the same in a collection, but you want there to be a through line, either thematically or the vibe as basic as that is. And so my answer is essentially, I decide it's going to be an EP or an LP once I have enough familial songs together that I think I can see the way to the I can see the missing puzzle pieces I need to write to complete that that collection. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see. No, actually, I I, I was listening to one time. I think it was an interview of sorts, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you sort of put it away in a sort of like um, groups of songs that sit together like siblings. I think was yes, kind of yeah, like, like the way siblings. That you put it that way. Exactly, exactly. So it's kind of like I guess that kind of sums it up pretty nicely. Where you yeah. kind of want to make sure they. It may not be where they sound the same, but there's a theme of some kind that relates. Every them all sibling together, has right, their own personality, but also uh-huh. you can say, "Oh, I get that you're brothers or whatever." You know what I mean? It's like, it's <laughs> oh yeah. The same way with music. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I want anyway. Some people put out albums and it's just whatever they, their favorite songs that they wrote in the last year and a half. You know? yeah. oh, it's absolutely. also valid. It's just the yeah. way you choose to do it. Just every, every, an individual, this is your particular style and this is yes. how you've gone. Yeah, absolutely. That's no exactly. problem at all. But I would sure. say that hasn't changed since the first album. I've always had like a pretty clear mm-hmm. idea of, I was just thinking about this actually and I think that like, it's great that some people like my voice and some people like, my style of writing or whatever but um i honestly think my greatest strength or a songwriter's greatest strength is their uh sense of editing it's like their taste that's Mm -hmm. the the best thing that they have because probably everybody could just like crap out songs Uh but you need to have the next level where you can identify what's good what's bad what to emphasize what you know all that stuff and mm-hmm. so it's almost taste that actually makes or breaks things not the willingness to work 
Yeah, absolutely. And 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 it comes to when, when you mentioned the editing part, like when you add all the other instrumentation, the arrangements and all the other musical elements that play mm-hmm. that, that all plays a very big part into it. Because, you know, I'm, I figure you've probably heard songs that people proclaim as this is the best thing I've put together. But then you listen to it. It's like, oh, it's probably just this like a very not really amateurish or like, but it's a very, very beginner level of sort of this um, mix of sounds or anything. Like yeah, that. it's a weird and sometimes it's like I wouldn't listen to it and, and get that same feeling, but it's not like I could tell the person how to fix it. It's an uh-huh. odd thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. of course, I might have suggestions, but also taste is just based on your own taste. Like, That's true. I'm lucky that I guess my taste and how I edit my ideas seem to be liked by McMaster or other people who listen to my yeah. music it's possible I just would have had terrible taste and it didn't work out. You know what I mean? Like, I totally am open to that. That's true. No, you can yeah. rest assured that we think it, it does have a very mature sound to it. I think oh, that's what it is. Mature. It really does. Because it's like, you know, it's 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 the, the blends of things. Even though maybe to somebody who may be listening to your sound for the first time, it might be kind of out there in the sense that there's that ambience depending on mm-hmm. whatever whatever they may be hearing or an instrumentation they're not used to or a sound mm-hmm. effect. Because I know that we'll, we'll come to that in a moment with your okay. latest EP. Yeah. But, the the way it all comes together, it kind of sounds like it's very well polished up, and things are put into you know. It's like it's like it, kind of comparing it to somebody who might be trying it for the very very first time. Uh, that sort of thing. What I mean, but it's it's very mature sounding in that particular way. It, it, wow, which well, that's is very, really good. That's flattering Absolutely. to hear. I honestly think um, I regret not starting like ten years ago. Like I'm 28. People at 18 are killing it way past where I'm at right now. Oh, gee, but at the same <laughs> but at the same time, those eighteen year olds are probably like, you know, they they're dealing with that growing success or career differently than I will at twenty eight. Like mm-hmm. I think uh there are pluses to starting late and being you can come out of the gate confident, which is I think what some people gravitated towards where like I didn't need to do the awkward growing up in front of people oh, yeah. I don't even mean appearance wise I mean like idea wise with songwriting yeah. mm-hmm. I just came out of it and I was like this is gonna be a folk album for the first one you're gonna like it or you're not gonna like it but I like it and that's the most important thing yeah for yeah. sure absolutely yeah and and I, I guess it is yeah you, you, like I, I were to think of let's say somebody were to become you know just just to start songwriting and and really release stuff at the age of let's say 12 or 3 i'm just throwing an arbitrary sure. number there yeah and just trying to picture that yeah because they, they probably will go through the, they they still haven't gone through most of their teenage years and that sort of thing so there's a lot of development that i think will still come into them and I yeah i'd argue really they don't even there, know what yeah. they like that's true. Right? That's or if, true. or maybe they do, but it's so fleeting it won't hold up in a few months. Mm-hmm. You know now, I mean? if, now let me let me disclaimer this: if you're a teen and you're listening to this, don't be offended because we're not trying to we're not trying to condemn you for anything. But it's just I you am. know I don't need more competition. <laughs> don't make music. There you no, go. I'm just joking. There. I'm joking. <laughs> well, no, no totally. it's just merely an observation and kind of just you know, and you you might come to realize this when you look back and you you look back twelve years or ten years, you think, yeah, I really did evolve. As, mm-hmm. as as a person, you know, from, from this kid I was to who I am now. And, and so, also you know, some people are meant to create at different times. Like maybe I wasn't meant to do it at 18 or 20. Whereas mm-hmm. like, and I'm not making a joke, Justin Bieber was meant to do it maybe. he's He had the popularity, he had the polish, he had the confidence at 18 that I wouldn't have for another 10 years. Like it's, people are just different and built differently and maybe exactly. it just is good that i started at 25 yeah. however yes any college kids listening if you <laughs> feel like you want to and you have enough confidence do it you won't regret it you'll either learn it's not something you want to do or you'll learn it is something you want to do but finding out is the most important thing yeah and taking yeah. just that first step of actually wanting to learn mm-hmm. and find out, I think, is, mm-hmm. is definitely one thing to add there, too, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, so let's now get into the music. Now that we're talking about the, sure. all these albums, before we get into the new one, I actually kind of just wanted to quickly go through um, one, of, well, one of your later albums, which was in The Country Surd, which was in mm-hmm. brief mention, just because I know that there has been a lot of, um, you, you've had a lot of, I, I'd say you had a lot of success with it in terms of what reviews you've had from it, from, from some of the singles that have been featured. How has that the, the release of that album been to you? How has that felt like for the, all of all the all the the success you've received and kind of um, what you what what you've 
What's been your take? I think we'll see on the release of of that mm. particular album. How how things have been since it's been released. Well, that's super interesting to me. I feel like the way I perceived it was it was like um, you know your dreams are always bigger than what you're gonna see in reality for the most part. And so mm-hmm. I would I I honestly considered it like a massive flop. Like hmm. it wasn't like I think it's good as an album, God. and I'm happy with who I worked on it with and John mm-hmm. Critchley, who was the producer who yes. had worked with Dan Mangan way back and all that stuff. Like he was the right person for the album and it, it's a good album. I just think um, there's, uh, there's another side to this that's promotion and it is as important in another way as making good music. Like it is, mm-hmm. it, there's, I don't want to beat around the bush for any young people listening. And it, yeah, I wish I could be authentic and say only music matters but it doesn't because you need, there are so many people making music and so many people's attention is so uh, shortened and they're so keyed in on what they like that uh, you just kind of need to be as confident in the promotion as you are in the creating of the record. And and I wasn't. And so basically it was a Mm. huge learning opportunity for me. Yes. People liked it. And I think I'm, it's, it's weird. Like it gave me respect in my immediate peer group where now I think people look at me and they're like, Oh yeah, Alex Southie, he's a good songwriter. But besides that, it didn't really do what I wanted it to do between you and me. I see. Slash I everyone see. listening. Slash yeah. everyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> now that it's, you know, it's, it's, or it's like just that uh, everyone's yeah. kind of looking at this fishbowl kind of understanding what's going on now that it's out. There. Yes. See, yeah. but the fact that you perceived it as a success is, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're not wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Or it also could be my own skew because I know that you know, I, I, like what when I when I look at when I when I, whether it's simply just typing a Google search for the album or whatever mm-hmm. it is, even just mm-hmm. trying to sift for information. Oh, I base it, it, it came on, up easily. I base it on reviews and kind of how it's been received, where it's been featured, and and you know, in in that particular aspect, it would probably be a success. I mean, there probably to me there could have been many more aspects that I may have missed out on. And mm. that could be my own my own bias, possibly. But at least to me, I, I can assure you that it was a success in some ways. Even probably for Campus Station Airplay, I'll bet that there were some campus ones out there, if not for my own as well, that could have played. There were too. some, there were some, but that's like what I'm talking about with promotion. Like I just didn't even, I didn't think hard enough about that. I think if they'd heard it, they would have liked it. I just like I see didn't push enough. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, that's why factor grants and 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 money and, and stuff like that is so important because you, you gotta put money into it like you have to yeah. unless unless you want to be a you know closet genius who five people think are great and and you don't have it you know unless you don't want a career and you just want to enjoy it as yourself then then great spend all your money on recording but mm-hmm. otherwise promotion matters so so yeah it's interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna think on that that you said that it was a success <laughs> i mean no, for sure. I, well, don't get me wrong i'm super happy with the reviews that came oh, yeah. out mm-hmm. um but when you grow up for 10 years reading like whatever Rolling Stone and Pitchfork and oh, yeah. Stereo Gum and stuff. And it's like, I want to see my shit between Mac DeMarco and fucking whoever else. Right. <laughs> right Even right, though that's right. ridiculous. Right. And I, and uh-huh. I know that is, but yeah. It's achievable, I tell you, you know, when you know eventually man. at some point, it's very possible. So, yeah. but yeah, uh, but then again with that, because of the timing of when it was released, I figure this was, was this would have been sort of, I, I, I guess, I don't know if I'd really want to call it post pandemic yet. But, you know, sort of like, like in this sort of time and uh, the time and, the album and situation, or the, EP? the, the album, the, the album, uh, yeah. the album um, uh, and, uh, and the country stirred, uh, the, mm-hmm. the name yes, yes. almost no slipped my mind, no but worries, the, um, but yeah, basically I figured that probably would have had an impact because of whether it was, you know, you weren't able to tour as much to kind of promote it or if there were other things like that. It had a huge impact. I, I have, it's, it's. I have never made an album in a studio. I was going to make it in his studio. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic happened. So the only time I was actually in the studio was to talk to him about agreeing to work on the album. That's it. Oh, wow. So the entire thing was done in my bedroom and then sending the files to John Critchley on his computer and then also some other musicians uh, in LA who added on uh, the fiddle and pedal steel that you hear mm-hmm. on the album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. So now, I guess as we kind of lead into to this latest album, uh, mm-hmm. the EP rather, um, mm-hmm. uh, "My Nights on the Island." Um, how would you? How would you? How would you describe if there's any difference between how that was sort of put together? Because I, I, I figure it was kind of almost in the same boat, though. Because you know, we were kind of not really 
completely out of the woods this past few months. But uh, yeah, how was how was how would you compare this latest EP to sort of maybe some of the the preparation between behind and the country stirred? It was different. It was very different. Uh, I definitely had the best part about the EP was the reason it sounds different as well. And there's some like beats air, music air quotes for anybody listening uh, <laughs> is because. Normally I wouldn't have done that or thought it would be included in my music ever really, but I started it as just a thing to take my mind off of a breakup that had happened recently. And also mm-hmm. it was the pandemic. So breakup, yeah. I can't go out anywhere. I'm literally just in my room all the time. I watched mm-hmm. hip hop evolution like two times in a row. And so my brain just got used to hearing beats as opposed yeah. to a more regular drum rhythm section or whatever. I and see. so it really just started as a side project. I did not think that I would be, releasing and then i thought Mm -hmm. no i want people to understand i have a wide variety of musical interests and tastes and so why not put this out why not just like advertise you don't know what you're going to get from me besides the fact that it's maybe under the huge umbrella of rock you Mm -hmm. know i I want that to be the case and so oh yeah it went from being like a little personal thing to deciding to put it out you know i see yeah that's why it's so weird (laughs) (laughs) well it's a I would say I'd probably say diverse as well because sure, I, I've been when you mentioned when you mentioned that you uh, sort of uh, go by some kind of a theme. I was trying to determine if I could pick it out by listening to it. Yeah. Whether it was something musically is well, how what would you describe it? Uh, what would you describe the theme to be? Whatever it is, uh, whatever. Well, music musically, musically, yeah. Mellotron, Mellotron is in almost every song. So if you I see, it doesn't okay. always sound the same, but it's Mellotron. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Mellotron. Okay. I was. One of the songs on the EP is called Mellotron and Juliet, and I was pr- potentially going to name the EP that because it sort of brings to mind a relationship, right? Rome- mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet, but also yes. it's all on Mellotron, so Mellotron and Juliet. But so that, I just that's where that using, came from. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. where that came from. I see. Um, so look no further than that title to understand the themes of the entire EP. It's just a breakup slash romance and Mellotron experimentation. I see, and that's kind of probably where the flow of the order, the sequencing of the tracks, is yes. kind of it kind of follows that. Yes, um, it that does. sort of that sort of theme, that sort of story, almost in a sense, give or take. Mm-hmm. I see, and also, I mean, I wanted to not be. It's my nights on the island, but I didn't want the island to seem um, not that it's a bad thing, but to seem like it's almost like a Caribbean island or a mm-hmm. um, a whether whatever southern hemisphere island. I imagine it more as like a. BC coast foresty island and so I didn't want like steel drums and stuff like that all it that would, kind it, of it would yeah. seem too obvious now between mm-hmm. you and me there are actually layered steel drums in the final song but they're not actually steel drums they're like it's almost like some sort of instrument that's really quickly hitting what sounds like a xylophone so it sounds almost like one long note but it's a bunch of small notes Anyway. I see. Yeah, being used yeah. to sustain it. Yeah, I see. I see. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not so much like the like the the, the sunny sort of um, well, beach. No. Like the beachy type of uh of an island, but sort of yeah, like more weathered like a, wilderness stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I see. To, to paint that. But I also now coming back to something I mentioned earlier about different sounds because not only were there instruments, I heard there were little different like sound bites or other just general sound effects. Whether mm-hmm. it's conversations, I think it was one track that even had crowds in it too. That's sort of like the audience kind of leading into the track, and then some kind of an audience kind of fading out from it too. There's a- yeah, that's as close as you'll ever be. One of the singles, mm-hmm. and the entire song is about the relationship to listeners and the relationship between an audience and their obsession with a singer. And so, thought it made sense to have crowd noises. Um, and as for the forest noises, and there's bird noises, and there's other stuff. Uh, that was just fun. I don't know what I was really wanting to do. I, I, like the second what I'm referring to is the title track, "My Nights on the Island," slash uh-huh. "Rich in Experience." That's right. And um, it's kind of meant to be an environmental thing. Like you hear this kind of mishmash of sounds of birds, but it's also so digital because you can hear me then cutting the record, and they're, then they're, there's nothing in your earphones, and then they come back, and then blah blah mm-hmm. blah. While all of this other song, o- ominous sort of rising Mellotron melody is going on, chord progression. Mm-hmm. And it just made sense to me as kind of a dramatic 
sound piece about environment, whatever that means. I see. Well, no, I, 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 I get. I think I could figure out what what you're referring to, but it's mm-hmm. interesting. And even something like I remember when I played because uh, the song that I featured was I think a couple of weeks ago when I had you on was uh, a, the Gods Are Fighting. Yeah, and that one song. also kind of has yeah the lead off uh, track, mm-hmm. and that kind of has. Uh, I actually was trying to figure out what it was because the, the end I figured it was sort of like almost like kind of like an ocean or some yeah, kind of it uh, was something like that. But the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I, not, not that I couldn't piece it out, but I, I was actually quite intrigued by by sort of what was leading into that there, actually. The rumble? The rumbling noise, yeah. The rumbling is a plane sound effect. It's supposed to sound, like a, supposed okay. to sound like a seaplane, kind of. Uh-huh. Um, that explains it, yeah. And at the same time, I created this delayed organ Mellotron sound that sounds a little bit like when you hear a horn in a bay and it's kind of like womp. Okay, yeah. Womp, womp, right? Uh, I I kind of added that. And so if you go back and listen, it's meant to put you in the mindset of maybe landing at night at at an island or something. Okay, yeah, and because th- that—that's kind of what it gave off. But I was—I was trying to imagine. I wonder—I wonder what kind of because maybe it was just. It also could have just been maybe how my headphones were put on. It might have sounded mm. different for for my end, but nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing on your case for sure. It might have just okay. been me, but it really intrigued me. So the sounds Good, I'm and glad. the individual sounds do play uh, a role into the the tracks specifically. A massive so sort role. Of, I don't even yeah. understand why people don't do it. I, I mean, I come from the. I guess I come from the school of classic rock it's not what i listen to a ton right now but mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie it definitely had a huge influence on me in terms of like w- the structure of an album and the what's sh- what's allowed and what isn't allowed on an album and by that i mean anything should be allowed on an album mm-hmm. uh i love studio noise there's a you know famous zeppelin song the ocean that starts with like we've done four already and now we're mm-hmm. ready and then they went one two three four and i love hearing stuff like that or uh, oh, yeah so I just want to include as much stuff as possible. I don't care if it's the equivalent of abstract paintings as music, whatever, you know. No, but I think it's really, the, that's the great part about it too, if you kind of put it that way, because it's open to all sorts of interpretations as well beyond simply, I mean, like in terms of like what the sounds are, you, you may have an intended interpretation as well, but it kind of is is something probably to, if, if somebody was listening for the first time, mm-hmm. they probably could kind of piece together some kind of other painting in their mind of, of I think you're probably it, right. how it might relate to them as well. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. It works that way. Yeah. yeah. For sure. If I only made music that people listened to and thought, oh, this only applies to him, I don't think people would want to listen to it. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, again, uh, in the sense of it, it definitely, um, you know, uh, there, there is an element of connection, I think, between yes. the listener okay, and good. the artist that good. that is established for sure. And, I'm and really glad I, to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Now I know as uh, we're sort of coming down and winding down, and, uh, I, and and obviously now at this at this particular time that we speak, mm-hmm. there haven't been there has been much of an open opportunity to go and tour and perform live mm-hmm. due yeah. to current restrictions. But um, what are you looking at ahead? Uh, if there's anything, to, yeah, I was able to sneak a show in there at a place called the Bar Cathedral mm-hmm. it, uh, in Toronto. Uh, it was fun. It was December 7th on a Tuesday. Tons of people came out. It was up on their Twitch uh, for a little while, but I don't think uh-huh. you can find it now. But we played oh, a yeah. bunch of new songs. It was my first gig with the band members that I've added. And so what's coming up in the future is you're going to get another album this year, full album. Uh, I have a show at the Horseshoe Tavern March 1st with the band uh-huh. as well. Who knows okay. what will happen to that? I'm not going to pretend like for sure it'll stay. But um, for now, that's what it is. In theory, would, we'll say it's there. It's it's, yeah, it's part of the, the theoretical schedule of things, or the ideal schedule. Exactly, things, and it'll yeah. be with the band. It's going to have two openers. It's going to be somebody named uh, Jasper Payne, who I met at the open mic that I host. He's an incredible acoustic musician. And a another artist named Baby O, Olivia, mm-hmm. who I also met through the open mic, but she's uh, she's killing it. She's got some love from Dominionated and some other stuff. So oh, yes. more, more oh, of a yes. peer, you know? Good, Alice. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to that music when it comes out. Now, one one final random question that came to mind, because I know that um, uh, you've probably got a whole bunch of songs that, uh, mm-hmm. whether it was from the previous albums and whatnot, for the yeah. ones that made it to this EP, yeah. how many other songs, or were there, were there any other songs that you were thinking that you'd put together that you had considered for that EP, but figured maybe it might not be the best fit? And if so, um, I, I guess... 
how many how many other songs you think could have made it on that EP but never actually did? As a random two. question, was thrown out there. No, it's all good, man. <laughs> okay. There was two. Um, one was a more instrumental intro song. Um, forget what it was called, but I was playing. I was essentially writing a song with feedback. It was interesting. Okay. I th- it mm-hmm. could still be used on a future thing, or I'll just release it like as a second track on a single I put out or something. But um, the other song was a more actual song that I'm maybe going to include on this new album. It's uh-huh. definitely for a long time was going to be on the EP. And then I just, some songs you just don't develop as far as you wish you could in the, this certain space of time. So yeah. it's just been sitting, but uh, you know, I have a bunch of songs in my back pocket that I think are good. And then I have a bunch of songs in my back pocket that are like unfinished you know, little ripped paper is how I imagine it. And I just got to, they're little pieces and I got to uh-huh. wait until they all form a full page, you know? Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. yeah. And I guess we'll find out when, That's when the cool album question, comes though. out Thank for you. sure. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. It, it just came to mind because I know like with your, with your particular album prep style, I figured that, you know, you probably have a bunch of drafts and songs. Yeah. Like you're thinking that maybe this is something I'd like to include, but later decide, oh, maybe not. And so I off air, off air, I'll yeah, send yeah. you uh, the track. That I had, that I didn't. <laughs> there you go. All right, there you, go. And, you might like. Yeah, it. Take my word for it. It will. It will not go anywhere. I mean, okay, although, although now some people might message me saying, "Hey, can you kind of squeeze me a little favor and and let me listen to that Alex hey, man, <laughs> If they do that, you send those people to me, and then that, those are just new fans. So if that happens, you you're gonna let me know, man. Actually, that's very true. You know what? Yeah. This might this might be a good starting point for something. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. where can we catch you, um, uh, Alex, in terms of socials and, and maybe just to keep posted on things? Yeah, my name is Alex Southie on pretty much all socials other than um, Instagram, which is Alex Southie Music. But mm-hmm. Alex is spelled the, the usual, way, typical way, and Southie is just... S-O-U-T-H-U-I, like the direction, and then E-Y. Yeah. So yeah, you can find E-Y. me anywhere. Yeah, There you go. Well, yeah, so once again, My Nights on the Island, that's the latest EP, and uh, we are looking forward to more music up ahead, whatever is up ahead, honestly. Thank but, you, man. But thanks so much for your time. All right, thanks a lot. That was Alex Sally, and now we're going to get a little something from to follow up from him. Once again, from that same EP, My Nights on the Island, this is called As Close As You'll Ever Be. I'll be back with you in just a bit for more. Once again, was Alex Southey. As close as you'll ever be. That's the name of that track from My Nights on the Island, his latest EP. And once again, thanks so much, Alex, for a wonderful chat. I had so much of a fun time, I think. It was just great to be able to get to chat about uh, music and, and on all the things we managed to talk about as well. I also realized I was I ran a little thin because I had, I guess I'll probably have this music featured in the future, maybe some other episodes, because we've always got great opportunities to do so on the show. That's what First Up is all about. But anyways, hey, that is the end of the program. I managed to get through both double features. I hope you really enjoyed those and all the music we played here on the program overall. Uh, we are 93.3 CFMU, based out of McMaster University in the basement of the student center here, that is, in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And I'm here live. My name is Jomar. Once again, hopefully you will have a great day. I'm going to probably see you whenever the next episode comes out. And I look forward to that and being able to, to see you here as well, or at least to feel your presence here on this particular program. So anyways, until the next episode, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the programming here at CFMU. Take care.